And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California. Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome again to another Sunday edition of Ron Real Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along John Cassidy, and it is our pleasure to welcome you to the show tonight. Yeah, the calendar is saying it's late fall and uh, maybe early winter, but I've got to tell you, the fishing here in our Southern California area is still off the hook. Whether or not you're talking about bass fishing, if you're talking about trout fishing, or even a little bit of a report we're going to give you tonight on what's happening offshore with the bluefin tuna. It is absolutely the best time in the world if you're a fisherman to be here in Southern California. Hey, we appreciate you listening tonight. We put together a show for you that is every bit worth your while. So sit back, relax, get your favorite beverage, turn that television down. And you'll want to listen to the next 90 minutes of Rod and Reel Radio. Let me give you a rundown of what we've got in store for you tonight. Well, you know, you freshwater anglers have used Gary Yamamoto products for a long time and have been successful on them. Well, there's a little bit of a transition happening right now. A holding company called DSM Outdoors has purchased the Yamamoto company. What does that mean for us? We're going to find out tonight because we're going to have Zach Kenderson, the vice president of sales for GSM. He's going to be with us. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself because he is a fisherman. He's going to tell us a little bit about GSM because their emphasis mainly has been outdoors and hunting, you know, in their company's life. And then we'll try to find out what might in store for us through the Yamamoto company, now that GSM is in control. And then in the second hour, you know, if you take the accumulated time that Wendy, Stan, and I have been in the fishing business, I don't even want to think how many years that is. (laughs) And during that time, we've had a chance to visit with a lot of lure makers, throw a lot of lures, but we have an individual tonight on with us that, If you have thrown a hard bait in the last 40 years, the chances are very good he was either involved in the design of it and or sold it to whomever it was that you purchased that bait from. Not not what you would call a big name in the industry unless you were an insider. And this is a guy that has stories about most of the lowers you've ever thrown for the past 40 years. Bobby Dennis is going to be with us. Bobby worked for Pratco, Cotton Cordell, and a number of other companies. So we're going to find out all about the lures that you've used in the past years. But before we get on to our guest, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Real Radio. First, 
This individual is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater angler in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy, and glad to have you with us tonight. Well, you know, glad to be here. I've been at a fast pace here since September. You know, it's not quit, but now's the time I'm doing more to get ready for next season. You know, got the boat in, got the, uh, I always try to get batteries, uh, lower unit oils changed out, impellers, whatever else at this time of year. And with this newer boat that I just picked up, um, I'm, I'm starting from scratch. So I know exactly what the timing is in the future for when I need to check transition the batteries out or the oil changes or whatever else that needs to be done. And I've got, uh, I just picked up new live target from Lawrence and it's going to go on and I got to figure out how to make that thing work here, but that won't be until after Christmas. And I'll have maybe a couple of days on the water to play with that before the first tournament on the 12th. So <laughs> it's all, good and fun and exciting and you know i can't wait to get through the next tournament already but i got to figure out how to use the the new unit you know watching people use the the uh the new scanning systems forward scanning and down scanning systems the guys that get it i watched them over and over again they get to watching that thing and they forget how to fish so i'm, I'm concentrating i mean i gotta concentrate on still fishing the way you're supposed to instead of Fishing for the fish you can see, fish where the fish should be, and hopefully come out okay on that. But we'll see. Excited to get into the new new year already. This well, keep doing what to... you're keep doing what you're doing. I mean, Mr. Angler of the Year. Well, thank you very much. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, that voice that you're uh, you're hearing in the background, uh, she is the national sales manager for Iserline. Represents many other fine. Uh, products in the fishing industry she is also an expert fisherman and hunter and before we went on the air was talking about a night scope that she's uh, uh scoping in miss wendy toshahara wendy how are you doing tonight i'm doing pretty good having fun with my new thermal scope looking for things um <laughs> and then i'm getting ready for my mom's milestone birthday so I didn't get to go on my 10-day trip on the American Angler with Turner's Outdoorsman and Iserline, but I did send Merritt, and so Merritt and Lori are representing us, and I hope they're having a great time and catching a lot of fish. I, uh, I hope they, they are. are, too. <laughs> now, now, Wendy, that, uh, uh, that scope that you have, is that for uh, varmints that get into your garden? Are those for varmints that are roaming your neighborhood? <laughs> or do you have some other ulterior motive for using that? Well, it's mainly going to be my pig gun that goes to Texas. You can't hunt with a thermal scope here in California, but you can in Texas. And uh, oh. every time I go and hunt pigs out there, you know, the guys drop me off. Ron and, and Merritt drop me off at my blind. And I sit there in the dark and I hear all these pigs, but I can't see them because you're in the middle of the swamp and it's pitch black. Well, not this year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see well, them guys, all. <laughs> gotta love it. Hey, I, love it. We guys, we, we had mentioned a little bit about uh, what's happening here in Southern California in the fishing scene. And let's just uh, talk about offshore because I think the bluefin fishing for the boats that are going out there after them are, is as good as it's ever been. And just to give you a little bit of a rundown, 
you know, the new land out of uh, Point Loma. They were on a two-day trip with 50 passengers. They came back with 100 bluefin tuna and two wow. yellowtail. Over Herman's Landing, the Condor was on a 1.5 day. They had 29 anglers with uh, 24, I'm sorry, 39 bluefin, 25 to 70 pounds. Rob Tressler was on that trip, and we'll be having an interview with Rob next week to tell us a little bit what he is doing as a recreational angler to catch these fish because not on this trip, but on the last trip that he was on, he hooked up 19 fish and handed them off on a a two-day trip. So we're going to find out what he's doing to be that successful. Also out of Fisherman's Landing, uh, the uh, Outrider, they had nine anglers and five bluefin tuna. But you get over to Seaforth, the Pacific Voyager, they went out on a two-and-a-half-day trip, 70, uh, 68 bluefin tuna with 17 anglers. And not to be outdone, out of uh, the Los Angeles area, 22nd Street, the Amigo. They went out with 12 passengers on a one-and-a-half-day trip, and they had 24 bluefin tuna. And as I understand it, most of these boats are anchoring on the ridge just outside of San Clemente Island. Yes, they are catching some fish on jigs in the evening if they get a chance to do some night fishing. But right now, there is an excellent uh, fly line bite. And a lot of the boats are sitting on top of large schools of squid. There's a tremendous amount of squid out there at the ridge right now. And that's going to really, really work well for us for next year because it doesn't seem like those fish are going anywhere. They're just traveling up and down the ridge, eating squid, eating bait, and they are happier than a pig with his feet in the trough, staying right where they are. So, you know, Stan and Winnie looks like there's great bluefin tuna still for the this winter. secret to this ocean of ours, you know, when you get out there, there's a lot of area that they call, you know, that you know, drive through it, it's a desert because there's no bait there. Then without bait there, without bait fish there, and without fin bait, that bigger fish isn't going to be there because there's nothing to eat. You know, the the big fish follow little fish because the, the big fish have got to eat. So wherever that volume of bait is is where the bigger fish are just going to they're, – they're pretty smart. They don't want to have to work to eat. They just want to go and pick it off when they want. So it bodes you know, well for season. I had really good se- uh, success on the options. Our, our, our whole trip did. Um, when we were fishing squid, not too often I get to fish squid for bluefin tuna, but when they show up, it is so fun because you get a pin on a whole squid and I used a, a, you know, a split shot or a a quarter ounce sliding egg sinker. And then I just twitched it like it was a squid, you know, and made it move. And it was (laughs) instant. Oh, I don't want to take away. I don't want to take away any of uh, Rob Tressler's, uh, uh, a bang, but uh, I had a chance to talk to him a few days ago, and when he was out on the Pacific, and what he, uh, no, he was on the Aztec, and what he was doing, he says, I'm just a Cajun boy, so I decided to get myself a Snickers and a Coke and get up in the bow, and I hooked up a squid Carolina rig. I used, a, um, yep. you know, a, a two-hot circle hook, leadered it up, used a, a Carolina keeper, had a four-ounce egg weight. I just threw that thing over the side, just kind of sat back, started eating on my sinker, and the next thing I know, my clicker is screaming at me. <laughs> he says, after 
<laughs> he says, after I had hooked up five or six fish, the captain said, Rob, what the heck are you doing? He says, I'm just catfishing out here <laughs> and I'm catching tuna. So it's a, it's a great fight out there. Check with your local landing if you need to go on out there, because I think if you do, you're going to be well rewarded. Seems like the fish are in the 30 to 70 pound range, really manageable. A lot of fun fishing right there if you haven't had a chance to go out there and get them. I'll tell you what, if you're going to go out there, take the go get some Leadmasters glow-in-the-dark egg sinkers. That that will help you a bundle, especially on the in the night bite and that evening bite. What Rob's doing, um, those things help you a bundle. You know that just that little bit of of glow down there. Curiosity's kills a cat more than once, and it kills a lot of bluefin too. Hey guys, before we get to our guests, we have a little freshwater uh, news too. Uh, hey, congratulations to uh, uh, Lee Hale of ABA down here in San Diego. He ran. Uh, uh, the first AB event for the San Diego region uh, here in uh, San Diego at El Cap. Uh, they had uh, 40 teams fishing it. Winning weight was 20.65 pounds with Kevin Norlin yes. and Ryan Calderon. They uh, they picked up almost $4,000 for first place. Nice. Jesse Hinkle and Rob Hip, uh, Epperding, they came in second with 1863. And Jake Evans, Wayne George, they came in third with 1596, but they topped off their weight with a 9.21 pound largemouth yeah. bass. <laughs> As I understand it, and you probably found this uh, when you were fishing Castaic, the, the fish are still in a deep mode. They were, you know, suspended for a little while. That's beginning to pick up, but it seemed like the guys that were fishing a deep pattern, shaky worms, drop shot, Ned rigs. That type of stuff like that seemed to be getting bit the best, Dan. You know, you're well. You're absolutely correct. Well, there, there, there's always a bite on the bank. You, you just have to find it. And they, actually, the guy that won the tournament of champions was throwing a, a weightless lizard just to stick the hook in it and throw the lizard up into the brush and just pull that thing out slowly through the bushes. And he had the winning weight. The rest of us were fishing. A little deeper and that's been the the program the second third and fourth because i was fourth in that all of us were fishing that deeper shad as it dies off at the end of the season here and goes deep also change changes colors and if you can kind of match the hatch on what you're fishing with smaller baits deep and slow that's been the key you know in the worst and the best part of this thing is Throughout the years, we used to have you know all these tournaments that guys could go to, and you could take your boat and you could travel, and you could go to any number of tournaments, and you'd have you know uh, seventy-five to one hundred and seventy-five boats. And now you've got all these guys that aren't traveling; they're staying home, which means <laughs> all these sticks that aren't traveling anymore are fishing the local tournaments, and it has become one tough ombre in any of the circuits to win which is really actually fun the challenge is really there because now you're fishing against a lot of these young guys too that are extremely talented and creative beyond belief i mean i have learned so much from the young guys fishing against them you, that uh, it, it's a pretty amazing and i i learned two things this year that were just like that's brilliant you know why didn't i think of that? <laughs> yeah. just styles and different ways to fish so you know, coming up with 20 pounds uh, on the local lakes here is 
just absolutely hey, great. Good weight. Hey, just before we take a break here, guys, also I want to remind you that Billy Egan is putting the Hog Snatcher benefit to uh, together to benefit the Aaron Martin family. It is going to be December the 18th. It's at the Lake Acaste, Acasitas Recreational Area. There's going to be music. There's going to be a general auction. There'll be a live auction. Uh, there's going to be fun for the kids. Uh, I'm not sure if there's going to be any food there or not, so you should bring your own food. But I tell you, Billy is putting together one heck of a program over there. It's going to be huge. Byron Velvic has already donated a fishing trip with him. Bub Tosh has donated a fishing trip. Where you want to go, man, wouldn't you want to go fish with Bub either on the Delta or Clear Lake? John Fuqua has a 10-person charter that he's donating on Island Talk Charters. Everything, the money is going to benefit the Aaron Martins family. That's December the 18th. Uh, tune in next week. I hope to have Billy on that he can... Give us a little bit more of a word on what's happening, and uh, this is going to be an event you're going to go to. It'll be in the main parking lot, right in front of the restaurant there, the little cafe, and the cafe will be open, by the way, and the people that are uh, running that thing can use your business anyhow with all the rest, but they, they've done a wonderful job of taking care of us over the years. That's something to take care of. My 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 brother Kenny goes, Bub Tosh. He goes, I want to I'm going to bid on that one. I just want to go fishing with Bub. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey guys, let's take a break right now. But coming up next, we're going to have Zach Henderson. He's the vice president of GS GSM Outdoors, the holding company that has bought up the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. Going to find out all about him. But first, these messages. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. The perfect day is my family and I on the boat out on the waterway. I love it. Nothing but sun, snacks, fishing, and of course, life jackets for everyone. Save the ones you love. Life jackets save lives. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member, because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, 
you're also helping yourself. Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than two and a half million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshahara, and myself, Hopalong John Cassidy, we welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, our first guest this hour, we just talked about the Gary Yamamoto Company here a little bit. This is the company that has bought out the Gary Yamamoto Company, GSM Outdoors, and we have with us the vice president of GSM to be with us to talk a little bit about himself, what GSM is all about. And maybe what this acquisition of the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company means to us fishermen. Let me introduce them to you. It's Zach Henderson. Zach, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, John. How's it going? Thank you very much. Appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, we are happy to have you here, too. Obviously, we've been talking a little bit about fishing here in Southern California. It's still red hot with the offshore bite and the bass bite, but, you know, we invite you to come aboard to learn a little bit more about GSM Outdoors and maybe a little bit about yourself. So, Zach, you're the vice president of sales. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what GSM is all about. Yeah, no, thanks. I appreciate it, John. Um, I, uh, I started in the industry uh, back in college, actually. I fished uh, collegiately um, in the bass fishing um, world at Tarleton State University here in Texas. I'm a Texas Hi. boy, born and raised. Um, and then I started on the outdoor um, sales rep side um, out of college, um, mostly on the hunting and shooting side. And I was calling on Academy Sports out here in Texas, um, and did that for a number of years and then eventually got on with GSM uh, in 2015 and uh, kind of worked my way up through the company and became the VP of sales. And uh, we've been in acquisition mode for about the past four years. And uh, we've got over 40 plus brands on 
the hunt shoot side now kind of focused on um, consumer hunting and shooting accessories. Um, we also have a pretty pretty uh, substantial cutlery business that we do with our cold steel brand. Um, and so, yeah, we've, uh, we, we've grown a lot. We've had, uh, we, we kind of have been known as the serial acquirer on the, on the hunt and shoot side. Um, and we're, we're very excited to get into fishing and, and, and be a part of the, the Gary Yamamoto acquisition. If, if you will, tell us a, a few of the brands that, uh, uh, GSM represents on the hunting side, because, Especially Stan and Wendy, they are hunters. As a matter of fact, one of the conversations we had uh, before we went to you was Wendy, uh, uh, you know, uh, setting up her uh, night scope uh, to go uh, hunting in Texas. Stan is going back there, too, and might get a little hunting in. Tell us about some of the brands sure. that uh, GSM represents. Yeah, awesome. That's great. Um, that'll be exciting for Wendy and Stan for sure. Uh, we, uh, some of our biggest brands, we have, we do a, a substantial amount of business in tree stands. So we, we focus a lot on the whitetail hunter, um, with our tree stand business. Muddy is a, our, one of our biggest brands there. It's a true lifestyle brand on the, on the, uh, the whitetail hunt side. We do anything from tree stands and, and accessories, ground blinds, range finders, cameras, anything for kind of the all in whitetail hunter, um, on the accessory side in that muddy brand. Um, Walkers is one of our, uh, one of our heritage brands that we acquired many, many years ago from a guy named Bob Walker. And, uh, we turned it into kind of a, uh, a shooting giant, um, with the hearing protection side. So we do eyes and ears, um, in the Walkers brand. And it's another one of our, of our, uh, premier lifestyle brands. And we're kind of the, uh, the known innovator in the category with that brand, um, and then we just acquired recently um, part of the Plano Synergy acquisition. Um, we got all the Synergy brands, and uh, one of the big brands in that conglomerate was uh, Wild Game Innovations. And so they also do uh, trail cameras um, and uh, feed and seed and attractant. Um, Stealth Cam Trail Cameras is one of our um, legacy brands. Is actually one of the brands that GSM got started off of, and we created it from the ground up. And it's known as the, the, the innovator in the category. Um, you know, we're doing anything from, you know, non-cellular to wireless cameras to all types of accessories, SD cards and readers and, and different things like that in that brand. Um, True Glow is another big brand of ours. Uh, we do, uh, we do tritium handgun sites and, um, optics, um, archery sites, um, with the high vis stuff. Um, so it's a it's a big brand for us as well, and then another top brand would probably be Birchwood Casey. Um, it's uh, it's been around since the early 1940s, um, and we do all kinds of cleaning um, supplies for firearms and uh, targets, paper and steel, um, in that brand as well. So it's and and that's just to name a few. We've got uh, we've got like 40 plus, and like I said, and. Uh, and there's lots of exciting ones underneath the GSM umbrella, um, including, like I said, our most recent one with Gary Yamamoto. So, and and I hope to be talking about that. But if you go to uh, Rod Real Radio on Facebook and advertising tonight's show, we have a picture of Zach with uh, a couple of nice fish. For so Zach, you say that you you know you did have a, a it sounds like a pretty organized. Uh, uh, career in in fishing when you were collegiate fishing and then you loved doing that 
you're at uh, you're on the page with some really really nice fish. When uh, uh, you were out there thinking, you know, we're doing all this stuff outdoors, uh, where you may be kind of influential, kind of prodding on uh, GSM, going, "Hey guys, there's a whole nother side to this outdoor story that we should be looking at." Yeah, for sure. No, for sure, John. We, uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about the category for sure. And, and, um, and, and surprisingly or not, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, avid fishermen on our team. Um, I've known Ron Colby for a long time and me and him have hit it off and traded products over the years. He likes to hunt. Um, I know he was, he, he was hunting on Gary's place, you know, anytime he could get a chance down in Texas and, um, and I would always trade him for some Cinco's and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I know I love to fish. I've, I've, you know, always had bass boats and love to bass fish whenever I can. Um, and, uh, and, and there's several guys, like I said, on our team that, that are passionate about it. And, you know, as, as we've, as we've kind of rolled up the, the hunt shoot side, um, you know, we, we, we get a lot of acquisitions or opportunities uh, thrown our way and, and not all of them make sense to, to acquire, um, and as we've kind of gotten a, a little bit fuller on, on that side of the business, we've, uh, you know, we've started to explore other categories and, and for us, fishing just makes the most sense because we've got experts on our team already and, um, guys are passionate about it. Um, a lot of guys are getting out and doing it, including myself. And, uh, and, and, you know, we've talked about, you know, looking at camping space, rugged outdoors, but, um, but for us, there, there's a lot of guys, like I said, on our, on our team that, um, that are big hunters, but when it comes springtime down here in Texas or other parts of the country where we have some guys, um, they like to get out and bass fish. And so, you know, uh, we, we particularly like that segment of the market on, on the, on the bass fishing side. And, um, and, and yes, I've been, I've been somewhat influential on it. And my CEO of my company, he's, uh, He's he's been eager to learn more about it, and I'm I'm excited to get him out out in the boat here soon. Um, he he's uh, he's very intrigued, um, you know, on the fishing side now, and 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 looking towards the future as we look to roll up some more acquisitions in that that segment. Wow. Hey, Zach. So, go ahead. Zach, okay, uh, Wendy, why don't you, you start off? Hey Zach, this is Wendy. I'm a good friend of Ron's. In fact. Uh, I've used a lot of your products because of Ron, because I hunt with him out in Texas. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, gosh, you know, are you guys going to um, venture into saltwater, too? And if so, you should come out here and come fish with us when Ron comes down. <laughs> oh. oh, definitely. No, I, I, I think that I think that we're, you know, we're exploring all options. We've... Uh, we, we've we've got a company that we're looking at right now that dabbles in some salt water. Um, I, I personally go down to Venice, Louisiana every year, and I, I love to redfish and um, and and I, I like doing that trip. Um, and, and so I, I uh, I'm passionate about that as well. It's always fun to get offshore and or, or inshore and do some things in the salt. But um, but yeah, no, that's great that you're using our products and um, and yeah, for sure. I mean, we we'd like to say that we're primarily going to stay focused on the, on the bass fishing world. I think with, with the Yamamoto um, acquisition, I mean, we, we've, like I said, we've looked at things over the years and really the Yamamoto baits got us really excited. It was one that we felt like we could step into and kind of um, create our, our footing in, in the, in the space. And so we'd love to continue to build off that with, you know, hard baits and terminal tackle and different things like that. 
um, on the accessory side um, in, in kind of, you know, make our presence on the bass fishing side, particularly, you know, before we branch out in the saltwater. But that doesn't mean that, you know, we won't look at all opportunities for sure. And I'd love to come Absolutely. out and talk with you. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Zach, this you is know, Sam. We- and uh, from my side, I'm I'm one of the older bass fishermen around. I've <laughs> been around the industry forever. It started, well, I was fully sponsored by Ranger and Mercury and everybody by 1982. So been in it, and I got an angler of the year again this year from, from my side. But Yamamoto's been in my boat since the beginning of time. In fact, today I put two rods together for something coming up here, a TV shoot I got to do next week or this week. Uh, and I've got two, two Yamamoto baits on. That's just a part of, I think, pretty much the Western-style fishermen uh, it, Yamamoto has been a, a regular part of it. You know, now with the year coming into it with the uh, shooting and uh, and that support style, you can actually be a part of our show now. You've qualified <laughs> between Wendy <laughs> and I. Well, we were just talking before the show about pig hunting. I just got back from Central California by one of my buddies is a, a farmer up there, and he, he has problems with pigs, so every once in a while we got to go up there. Um, and then I bought one of your cameras. I didn't know, you know, this is going to happen, but I got one of your game cameras and set it up in my backyard so I could see what's happening. When I was gone, we had a cougar come over the fence and hit one of my dogs a while back. So I'm trying to figure out where they're coming in from. And I picked up one of your cameras, not knowing that you, it was going to be one of yours, but it works great by the way. Um, so you qualify, you can come on the show anytime now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good good deal. That's, that's exciting. I, 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 you know, I, uh, I was excited to hear that you guys were in Southern California. I actually have a lot of friends in that area and on the fishing and hunting side. And we, we, uh, I bring a bunch of guys out to Texas every year to, to do some hunts and stuff. So that's really cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here and, and it's good to meet y'all. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, this, this deal is going to be a big, a big deal for us. And like you said, the, I mean, the, whether it's the Cinco or some of the other Gary Yamamoto baits, I mean, they're, they're part of every, uh, every guy's tackle. Um, and that's what really excited us. It's, um, it's, it's the best, you know, and, and, and we don't have to reinvent the product here. It's, um, it flat out catches fish and does it better than any other stick style bait on the Cinco and some of their other baits. And so, um, that's really cool. And yeah, and we're, and I think we can trans, you know, translate some of our, expertise from the hunt shoot side um onto the fishing side for sure and i mean we have lots of connections to you i'm i'm you know it's funny you get you said you were sponsored by ranger stan but i i'm really good friends with gary dobins out here and he's out here in texas southern cowboy um but i talked to him quite a bit as well as you know ron and some of the other guys in the industry kind of use them as mentors on, on that side of the business so you can tell gary dobbins he's awesome yeah, give, give, just tell them that Wendy and Stan and John said hi. I've known Gary <laughs> since dirt. <laughs> We've had Gary on the show many Gary, times, Gary. and we're uh, actually in uh, in my shop here. Uh, Dobbins rods uh, are one of the uh, best sellers. You know, Zach, we we've been emotionally uh, attached to Gary Yamamoto from the first time when he. You know, for the time that he bought out Twin Tees from uh, Dwayne Snyder and, and mm-hmm. developed the uh, the hula grub, the single tail and the double tail. And we did a video with him back in 85, I think it was, in Page, Arizona, when he's standing behind the, 
the counter there at the uh, uh, the trailer park. In fact, it was so long ago, Gary had all black hair at that time. <laughs> and we, <laughs> so did I. We fought, you know. You know, we followed the the progress of the Yamamoto baits for a long time. You know, when he introduced the Cinco, a lot of us looked at that and we went, what the heck was Gary thinking about? And it, it just, what an innovator he was. So we have a lot of emotional attachment to the Gary Yamamoto company. And we're going to want to find out maybe what GSM, GSM's plans are for the Yamamoto company. But We've got to go to another commercial break. Uh, Zach, can I get you to stay on with us for a little bit longer? Uh, you bet. No problem, John. All right. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Zach Henderson, the Vice President of Sales for GSM Outdoors. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but we'll be back after these commercial messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. 
Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Rod Real Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. is Zach Henderson. He's the vice president of sales for GSM Outdoors. They have recently acquired the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. And and Zach, I I was just kind of mentioning, uh, you know, kind of like the past little bit of the history of the Gary Yamamoto Company because here Gary has been involved with this company with his heart and soul for almost fifty years. GSM has come along, seen this opportunity, get into the freshwater business has purchased the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company, but that does not necessarily mean that we're going to send Gary to uh, uh, Venice, Louisiana and watch him sail slowly into the sunset. Does it not? Yeah, no. We're, uh, we we <laughs> want to lean on Gary and his expertise in the category for sure. Um, I mean, what, what he's developed and created with the brand um, – you know, and, and put his name, you know, on every package that goes out. Um, we want to continue to do those types of things and, you know, keep Gary close, close by and and to the company. And and we've done that with many acquisitions on the, on the hunting and shooting side with all of our other brands as well. I mean, we've got a lot of owner entrepreneurs that we still consult with and are on staff and, and, and that's what we intend to do with Gary and, and Ron too. So, um, so yeah. That sounds like a deal. Well, you know, we had Ron Colby on a couple of weeks ago uh, uh, just talking about the Yamamoto company and the products and everything like that. And what do you perceive that GSM is going to be bringing to Yamamoto 
that they need to take him on to the next level because obviously with all these years that Gary's been involved with the company, he is a name that is recognized worldwide when it comes to fishing lures. So what is GSM going to bring to take them to the next level? Yeah, for sure. And in every acquisition, you know, GSM has ever done is, is different and unique in, in its own, you know, standpoint on, on, on what do we do to make a company better? Um, you know, and, and a company like, uh, like Yamamoto, um, I think the thing that we all um, gravitated towards was they're already making, you know, the best baits. Um, they're already making um, the best uh, stick style bait in the market. Um, and, and the formula that they're using to create these types of baits is different than anybody else's. Um, and so we have every intention of keeping that the same. What we want to do, um, and first and foremost, what we've already accomplished that you'll see rolling out is we just did a, a, a refresh on their on their logo and their packaging. So we'll have a fresh new design um, and look coming out that um, that I think looks awesome and kind of gives it um, more of a dated, um, you know, up to times look um, with the packaging. Um, the formula, like I said, it won't it will stay exactly the same. Nothing's going to change. We're still going to be producing out of Page, Arizona. Um, as far as, you know, some of the resources, um, you know, we have a lot more of those now, um, we'll have a deeper marketing budget to help push the brand, um, you know, through retail and, and into, into consumers' hands. We'd like to do more on the, on the, on the young up and coming fishermen side, you know, and, and fisher ladies, um, with, uh, high school programs and collegiate programs, different things like that. And we're leaning on some. Um, experts in the field to do those types of things. We uh, we actually just um, hired um, a guy named Crispin Pally, who uh, is, was actually over with Strike King for the past 15, 20 years doing product development for them. And so that's one thing that we're really honing in on now is um, how do we speed up new product development timelines, innovation within the Gary Yamamoto brand to, you know, keep keep it fresh and, and keep the anticipation up for uh, – for new product arrivals, you know, coming to consumers every year, you know, what's, what's, what's the Yamamoto Bates company going to come out with next kind of a deal. And so uh, we're really focusing on that right now and trying to staff up and, and get the right people on our team to make sure that um, we're doing those types of things. And then, and then also, I, I know Ron talked about it. Um, I think the last time he was on with you guys, but I mean, we want to, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we've got stock of, of best sellers, you know, all the time. And we've got giant facilities here in, in Texas and big warehouses. And so we plan on running wide open on, you know, all the most popular colors, watermelon, red, black, and blue, and things like that, green pumpkin, keeping those in stock year round where, you know, there's never empty shelves, empty pegs for, you know, consumers to get their favorite color, favorite product, um, and so, and so those are the couple of things that we would just want to do first and foremost. Um, and like I said, every acquisition is different and, and, and with the Yamamoto baits, it's just, I mean, they flat out make the best product and we want to, we want to keep that and grow off of that and bring other, you know, like style baits, um, or different designs to the marketplace off that same formula. You know, uh, we've been proud as a dealer to re represent Gary Yamamoto Company, but I know in past years we've kidded Ron and we've kidded Gary that they keep on coming out with these sensational new designs, great new colors, where the numbers I dedicate my story to, to uh, Gary Yamamoto product goes out incrementally almost every year. 
But I know that, you know, there gets to be a point where there are colors and there are styles and everything like that that are just maybe not as profitable as other things. Are, are you going to be taking a hard look at, at the product mix and the colors and everything like that and maybe paring some of those things down so that you can really emphasize those products that are, you know, really turning over and then give you room to come up with new designs in the future? Yeah, I mean, you know, part of part of the reason, you know, Gary Yamamoto, it's called Gary Yamamoto Custom Base, is kind of the ability for anybody to kind of order whatever color they want. And, and there's a lot of colors, uh, definitely. I mean, it's very skew-intensive brand, um, and there's a lot of colors that don't do a lot of volume. But um, I think the beauty for us, though, is unlike a lot of other fishing companies, whether it be soft baits or hard baits, um, they're producing a lot of that stuff overseas, and so they have – you know, minimums associated with, you know, building those types of products where here everything's built, you know, in the U.S. and in Page, Arizona. And, you know, yes, it's not ideal to switch machines up with colors and different things like that, but we can do it. Um, and there's really no minimums, you know, um, associated with it. So yes and no. I mean, we still want to have that custom feel. Um, I know personally as a fisherman, you know, the the most frustrating thing is whenever you're, you know, you you find one color that you're catching a lot of fish on getting ready for a tournament or something like that. And then you can't find it anywhere and it's hard to get. And then, you know, the next thing I know, I'm trying to call somebody to order it and I want a hundred packs of it because I don't ever want to run out again. And um, I, I think we, we still want to be that kind of custom shop for, for the anglers out there. Um, but, you know, with reason and, and, um, and, and try to hone in on it as much as we can. You know, the, over the years, the one thing I have definitely found is baits are regional by by a mm -hmm. big, by a huge margin. Mm -hmm. uh, and colors are regional by a huge margin, too. But the guys that once they get on them uh, and they get a color that they like to, to utilize, and the guys in that little region, maybe it's a small region, but they depend on that color because maybe we're the only ones or you're the only one that's making the right one. And that happens all over the United States. In fact, that happens all over the world. That's not just the U.S. The US. But I know for a fact that there's colors like, you know, 221, which is the brown and, and uh, purple flake, you know, that, or the 180, uh, the 181, 185, whatever it is, the you know, 150s, the, the smoke with the black flake. I mean, those things, the green pumpkin, the... Those are kind of universal in, in their appeal to the bass fishermen. But a lot of the places, that, I mean, a lot of people around the, even the U.S., I, I spent a little time here um, back uh, last Easter, actually, in, in uh, Canyon Lake, Texas. My daughter lives there, and my son-in-law is a, a designer of homes, and his, one of his contractors, his son, fishes for Texas A&M. So he asked me mm -hmm. to give him some of the secrets we use out here for fishing out there because they weren't even aware of the 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 ICA there and how to throw it or how we utilize it out here there's there's just so much to do and so much to learn in the industry and once the people get a hold of the ideas it takes off a whole new direction for the for the you know the fishermen in the area too so you know the cool thing about Yamamoto is you have so many different products that, that the guys can use uh, in, in the bass fishing arena and they're they've been a constant for years and they're they're you know that's never going to quit that's a cool thing right 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You're spot on, Stan, and and I couldn't agree more. And um, and 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 to your point, I mean, there's there's certain uh, you know items within Gary Yamamoto right now that are probably more prominent or popular out west. That you know, some of the lakes are around here. I mean, Canyon Lake and like you you said, and some of those other lakes, um, you know, have pretty clear water in them and and kind of resemble in some instances some of those western lakes that you're you're used to fishing probably, but, um, but yeah, to, to be able to translate some of that style of fishing over into, you know, different parts of the country or the world, um, with, with in the baits of Gary Yamamoto, I think it's something that we strive to do as well. And, 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 um, you know, that, that's going to take some, some marketing efforts and getting the right people on staff and then, um, and then distribution within those, you know, more, tighter regional areas so we, we definitely i mean we're we have no lack of marketing and uh and sales on on the gsm staff for sure and i think that's one thing we we definitely pride ourselves in and and if there's distribution to grab we we definitely you know get it and not that gary yamamoto needs any help doing that i think their their baits are uh, pretty world renowned but if we can help um you know, you know, bring a, an Ica or a, a Psycho Daddy or something like that, you know, to be more popular in certain regions of the country, for sure, we definitely will. A lot of people never heard of the mermaid or, or the cowboy, you know. <laughs> those are Right, that, that's baits. exactly right, yeah. And those are all great baits. I mean, they, I mean, at the end of the day, they, you know, anything, anything I can walk into, you know, Bass Pro and buy off the shelf, I mean, it's going to catch a fish, but... Um, you know, but I, I believe that the the Gary Yamamoto stuff um, is better, um, and it'll catch more than most other um, companies' baits. Um, and so I think it's just you know getting it in front of people and making sure that they realize that that this is a better product. You know, Zach, it just seems like with the Gary Yamamoto bait, no, very few baits that you can put into the hands of a novice and just give them some rudimentary instructions because we do it all the time here in the shop and they can go out and be successful catching fish, whether it's fishing in our, uh, our, our local bays or our local waters, if it's crappie fishing, bass fishing, whatever it is, a Gary Yamamo bait has introduced a lot of fishermen uh, to the joy of fishing. And it sounds like with what uh, the people there at uh, GSM have in store, that we're going to find that tradition continuing and then hopefully seeing uh, a lot more product on the market that we can, uh, uh, we can sell and new additions to the Gary Yamamoto line to keep the tradition going. Uh, uh, this is an exciting time, and I, I hope this all comes to fruition. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and couldn't agree more. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm excited, um, you know, to hopefully get back on with you guys whenever we, uh, you know, get another acquisition or two under our belt. And I think we'll, we'll continue to try to find complementary brands to Gary Yamamoto, um, you know, whether it be in hard baits or some other things that we can do, um, to help us, you know, be a one-stop shop on, on the, on the tackle side. But, um, but absolutely, um, we've got new things to come in the in the brand, and um, and I, I'm excited to, uh, to to get rolling with it for sure. This spring is going to be fun. Zach, where well, are you? You know, you know uh, Gary Yamamoto uh, Company 
has, for all three of us, represented success. Stan, in using it in fishing. Wendy, as representing the product uh, to some of the major box stores. And myself here as being a dealer with the Yamamoto product. We're all proud to be associated. And let's take that into the future and and be successful. And we hope to be a part of uh, QSM's success and uh, Gary Yamamoto's success for years to come. And, and Zach, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, uh, and Wendy, Stan, and I'll invite you as well, John, if you guys are ever out this way, and I know Stan and Wendy are going to be coming out hunting hopefully soon. Um, but y'all are more than welcome to stop by our office. We're, uh, we're right in the middle of Dallas, Fort Worth, um, right South of the airport. And we've got a big facility there. So if you guys ever want to stop by and say hello, y'all are always more than welcome. I might have to be I might have to stop by. Go ahead, Wynn. <laughs> I might have to stop by and pick your brain about redfish. I've got the Babes on the Bay tournament coming up in May. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you about that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> if y'all need anything, All right. let me know for sure on the hunt side. I know I'm headed for right. Dallas, maybe just before the fourth of, I mean, the New Year's here, and uh, I may have to give you a call and keep in touch here because <laughs> I might be pulling trigger right around that time somewhere around the Dallas area. So this is, it, it, this is all good. Can't thank you enough, Zach, but we need to know where you are so we can find you when we get there. How's that? There you go. Yeah. And John's got my number. So um, yeah, look forward to it and uh, y'all stay in touch and appreciate y'all having me on again. Well, Zach, we uh, appreciate you taking the time with us. And we hope to, in the not-too-distant future, catch up with you again to find out, uh, you know, how you're proceeding with this acquisition and if it's going down its schedule. So thank you very much. And you just, uh, what can I tell you? Go Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> there you go. Go Cowboys. There you go. I appreciate it. We're, we're going to need some help. <laughs> hey, Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now. But coming up next, Bobby Dennis is going to be with us. We're going to learn all about the history, maybe, of heart baits and find out why it is that you've probably thrown a lure that Bobby has either designed or sold to someone. So stay tuned. There's a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Turner's Outdoorsman, California's number one fishing, hunting, and shooting sports retailer, now has 28 locations. Turner's is your one-stop shop for fishing tackle, hunting gear, and everything for shooting sports. Turner's offers a full selection and unmatched prices on the gear you need. Whether you're planning a fishing trip with the family or chasing giant tuna, Turner's highly skilled staff will make sure you have the gear for your next adventure. Visit turners.com to find a Turner store near you and be sure to join the Turner's Discount Club to get weekly ads and specials right to your inbox. Turner's Outdoorsman, your one-stop shop for all your fishing needs. Since being established in 2015, CCA has achieved great success for the entire sport fishing industry in the fight for our right to fish here in California. 2021 brought us plenty of success, but every year brings new battles, and we need your help. 
One of the best ways to help support CCA Cal is to join us and become a member because strength is certainly in our numbers. Become a member today by logging on to joincca.org. Membership starts at $35 per year, and that is one of the best ways to help us while you go fishing. Hi, Roland Martin here. I'd like to tell you a little about Gary Yamamoto and the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company. It all started with an idea, then a dream, and in 1983, the Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait Company was formed. If you know Gary Yamamoto like I do, and I've known him since 1983, you know he has a passionate love for the sport of fishing. That love is only matched by his obsession to design and produce the highest quality soft plastic fishing lures on the market today. Every bait Gary makes is inspected by hand. Today, more than 2.5 million packages of bait are shipped worldwide. On behalf of Gary and his staff, he wants to thank his customers for thinking so highly of his products and wishing you the great success at the sport of fishing. Whether you fish for fun or fish the tournament circuits like I do, you'll honor Gary for making Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits a key part of your fishing experience. Take it from me, Roland Martin. When I'm in need of a go-to bait, my first choice is a Gary Yamamoto Custom Bait. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart, the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. We want to welcome our listeners back to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's here, Wendy Toshihara. I am your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Hey, we are, it is time to welcome another guest to the show. This, you know, we were talking about Stan, Wendy, and I having a little longevity in this business. If you add up the years, we've uh, been working the, the scene here. It, 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 it amounts to a lot. This one individual... I probably have known longer 
than anyone else on the national scene when it comes to making fishing lures. I really think it's an interesting story. We can't even begin, I don't think, to cover it in one hour, but we're going to try to do it over here. He's been involved with names in the industry that you are very familiar with, but probably, especially out here in the West Coast, you're not as familiar with him. But let me introduce him to you right now, and we're going to find out as much as we can about him, Mr. Bobby Dennis. Bobby, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thank you, John. How are you? Man, we are doing well, and Bobby, I appreciate you taking the time to to be with us here on a Sunday night on Rod and Real Radio. Thank you. This is uh, this is a great pleasure for me to have you on. Well, thank you. That's awfully nice of you. Well, you know, it's, uh, Bobby, it's a you know, later I, I first met with you, though. I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off. I first met you in the in the late '70s, early '80s, and even at that time. You were a seasoned veteran when it came to, uh, uh, you know, being a kind of like a semi-designer, but also a salesman of hard baits. So give us a, a little bit of an idea of where you started at. We can take it from there. Well, actually, um, I started, of course, you knew Cotton very well, uh, speaking of Cotton Cordell. And I actually met him when I was in the ninth grade because his son Mike and I were close friends. And so hanging around Mike and then uh, ultimately when I was in high school, for for some unknown reason, Cotton decided one time he's going to be in the boat business. So uh, one summer I worked in his boat factory, and the first job he gave me was sanding fiberglass. And oh, there's only one other job <laughs> in this entire industry worse than that, and I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But you you can stay in the shower for an hour and not get fiberglass dust off of you. <laughs> but the worst part of it is he had this this process called Velvetex, and it was where you painted the boat, and then you had this box with velvet fibers, and you shook the fibers, and there was a current of electricity. And if you hit your belt buckle or keys in your pocket on the side of anything metal, it would knock you across the room. So they all stood back and watched me the first time to make sure that I, I got a full shot of it. But... Um, so anyway, that was my first introduction to cotton, and then um, I decided that I was too smart to go to college after the first semester. So I went to work for him, and then he asked me one day if I was going to keep hauling trash or go back to school. So anyway, I went back to school, and then after I graduated, then then went to work for him full time. But that was in seventy seventy six, I guess nineteen seventy six. Well, you know, Bobby, at that time, and as Cotton was building before he uh, sold out to Pradco, uh, he was there in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and he was one of the major employers in that area, and he ran one heck of a facility. And give us a, a little bit of an idea of what his output was even at that point in time. Well, that was, yeah, he didn't sell to, to uh, Pradco till, um early 80s, and that's when I, I moved to Fort Smith. But before that, he probably had, I'm going to say, at least 100, maybe 125 people working. And even now in the fishing industry, if you have a, a lure factory and you have 100 people working, 90 of them are going to be women. For some reason, I hate to say this, but men just aren't as good at building lures. Now, 
Cotton was really good at designing, but when it came to gluing and painting, and and of course he had a room. Everybody called them hookers, and that's where you know they put the hooks on. But he had about 125 people working there, of which I, I would say 110 uh, were women. And it was in two different buildings. The paint room or paint building was actually separate. And and there's a couple reasons for that because when you are using hand airbrushing, um, you know you're pulling so much exhaust that if you tried to air condition the whole place, you'd be blowing cold air right out the ceiling or out the the wall. So, but it was it was a large operation, and um, he actually at one time even bought a um, part of a factory in Taiwan to after he bought the, the Dollfly Company, and the first tackle show back then, John, as you know, it was called AFMA, now it's called ICAST, but the first show yeah. I ever went to was in Dallas, and, and he had a booth for a doll, and, and they stuck me in it by myself. Bobby Murray talked cotton into getting me out of the um, shipping department. When I graduated from college, he made me shipping clerk, and um, so Bobby Murray actually talked cotton into letting me go to this first show, and they stuck me down the aisle in the doll booth all by myself, and the first person I met that morning in the booth was Ted Williams. He was with the Sears guys. And I left the booth and went and called my dad and told him I'd met Ted Williams. Cotton, I never told Cotton I did that. But anyway, <laughs> but um, it, was a, it was a pretty large operation. And getting back to as far as the designing part of it, you know, the, the one great thing was that he always wanted you to know everything about it. Um. But the, even then, even beyond that, I, remember, I, I just oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you this. So when I first went to work for him, he called me David, and for some reason, he had it in his head my name was David, and I worked for him the first time almost a year. And Mike came in there one day and he said, "Hey, Bobby, let's go do something." Cotton said, "Who's Bobby?" And he said, "Him." He goes, "No, he's not. That's David." And he goes. He said, why don't you tell me your real name? I said, I don't know. Of course, I was too intimidated. I wouldn't even tell him my real name. So for almost a year, he called me David. But um, he he wanted you to paint. He wanted you to glue. He wanted you to know how to do pretty much everything. And and at that time, actually, especially the first year and a half, Bobby Murray worked there. And Bobby, is, as you know, was you know, he, he's into designing all the time. I actually talked to Bobby uh, on the phone the other night for almost an hour, and he was telling me about something new he was working on. But it was a, it was a large operation back then. He was making, you know, well over a million lures a year. In fact, when he bought the Big O name, he shipped a million Big O's in six months out of that factory, the first six wow, months. That's wow, that's way back. Th- this is yeah, Stan. I've got, i got to step in. My... My dad was born in Hot Springs, Arkansas. He had nine people and nine nine brothers and sisters. My my uncle Marvin was was uh, Cord, Cord, uh, Cotton Cordell's buddy. And when I got back there, I was probably nineteen, and got introduced to Cotton Cordell. And he goes, he goes, here, take these two baits with you, a couple of them each. And he goes, these are the only two you need: <laughs> blue chrome and black and chrome. And he goes, these will work anywhere. <laughs> I went, okay, thank you very much. That's like I had no idea what the, like what they were because I'd never seen them before, obviously. But but he was right. You know, you can take those two baits and go anywhere in the United States to catch fish with them. Well, it's kind of like he used to tell me that you only needed two colors of crappie jigs, white and yellow. And I said, when do you throw yellow? And he goes, when you run out of white. Why? <laughs> 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 so it's time you throw a yellow one. 
You know, Bobby, I'm going to try and get this on because, man, we got a lot of ground to cover. But one last thing with with Cotton, Uh, as you said, he probably went to his grave with lure designs in his head that had just never gone on out. Really, really prolific lure designer and stuff like that. But also the number of people that went through that factory that are are the the who's who's of fishing lures today and you probably knew most of them uh or brought a lot of them over on there you you know, talk about gary loomis and oh. you, you you talk about lou childries and, and and the list just keeps on going and going and going he actually was bill dance's first sponsor and cotton oh. bought bill's very first uh, movie camera before before charles spence Talked him into going to Strike King, and the funny thing about that is Cotton was building lures for Charles Spence, and Charles would come over. A lot of people don't know that Charles Spence was the founder of Strike King, but um, Charles would come over about once a month, and he'd pick his baits up and pay Cotton for him, and then um, he wound up picking up Dance because Dance was from Memphis also, where where Charles started. But um, So he was there a lot. it was really crazy because you'd, you'd be sitting there and for instance, one time Carl Perkins showed up. He used to be Johnny Cash's guitar player. And he yeah. just showed up one day, wanted to, he wanted to get some lures from him. I, I, I guess he was pretty close doing a show or something. And then Cotton was on the Grand Ole Opry stage with Porter Wagner a couple of times. And you just never knew who was going to show up over there. One of his longtime salesmen, you may have met, remembered a guy named Dennis Demo. And, oh, yeah. you know, Dennis was a salesman for Cotton forever, but he was actually Bill Dance's first fishing team partner. And, wow. um, and Bassmaster did a, an article or a story, I think, year before last, on that first tournament where Tulsa challenged the guys from Memphis, and there was a picture of Bill Dance and Demo in that article. Mm. Okay. You know, Bobby, one of the things that uh, I was really thankful for and I never appreciated when knowing you back there at that time and, and Cotton and and then the guys over at uh, uh, Norman and Pradco and stuff like that, the, the wealth of designers that they had over there, the guys that were designing these lures and what they were coming up with. And I never really appreciated when I was introduced to them that this fellow designed this and this fellow, and those are lures that we're using every day today. And, and you were working with them a lot of times, hand in hand, helping them design and tweak these lures before they'd, uh, they'd let them get out into the market that you'd go out and try and sell. Well, I, you know, I've told people a lot of times that lure designing, I would, I would venture to guess 60% of the time is adapting something that's already there. And so you, you, you hear pros all the time say, hey, I designed this bait for so-and-so. And sometimes that happens. But most of the time, they're giving a, a real technical lure designer an idea. Hey, I'd like to see a bait that did this. And so, you know, I got to do that a lot with guys like Jim Gowing. Um, we used to have a guy named Big Joe Wilson. Um, Bobby Murray was really, really good. I've worked with Bobby a lot on, on some stuff, still do. Um, and so a lot of designing is to, you know, at Norman, I had the best guy that's ever been in this industry, hands down, his name's Al Fisher. 
Um, and that's yeah. a funny story because the year after Jim Howe and I bought Norman, Ricky Green called me one day, and you remember, you know, the name Ricky Green, and I'm sure you knew Ricky well before he passed away. But Ricky called me one day, and he goes, I got this kid in Arkadelphia I'm going to send up there. He needs a job. And so Al came in, and, and he said, I don't care if I got a clean toilets, whatever. I just want a job in this industry. And Al is unbelievable. He can take a piece of plastic and make it into anything you want it to be. But the thing about him is he'll also go back to the paint room and design a way to paint it better or to hold it for a girl to paint. Or he'll come up with some technique for gluing, or he'll come up with a little gadget to, to, to make something better. Al is just a phenomenal guy. I say kid, he's, you know, he's in his 50s now, but um, he's, he's just the best I've ever seen. Jim Galling was really, really good. And at Pradco, Jim and I worked together on a lot of stuff where he would come in and say, hey, I'm thinking of this, or I, he'd say, I got this shape. What, you know, what, do, what do you want this to do? And you know, I say, okay, I want this to be real tight, and I want to hit this depth. And then the other thing that I enjoyed as much as anything else was working with those guys on colors. I really, really enjoyed painting. I still do. I like, I like playing with colors of fish and lures. And Jim Galling and I actually painted the very first, I'm sure one of the most popular colors now is a chartreuse and blue bait. We actually painted that first one on a, a bait called a CC Shad, and um, we came up with that color, and, and everybody thought we were crazy, and now it's probably one of the best ones there is. You know, before you go too far here, I know some people are going, what does it mean when, you, when you're talking about tight? You know, you want it to run tight, or better explain how that works and what, what you would do to make it tight. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, you, you assume, yeah, I assume too much, but so let's, let's say a square bill, for instance, like a square bill in the last couple of years has become very popular. And, and that's another funny story. The first time Rick Clun ever came to the Norman factory, I, I had talked to him at a, at a sale fishing um, store promotion and Jim and I come out with this line called Professional Edge. And my idea was I want a lure that would come out of the box that a pro would use without having to change. We're the first people to use Gamakatsu hooks on baits, and we came out with a gel coat finish. And Rick really liked that idea. So he comes to the factory, and I made a mistake. And I said, now tell me the difference in when you would throw a round bill and a square bill. And I swear to you, an hour later, I had to get two excedrin, and my head was about to explode. He was still explaining it to me. Um, I mean, Rick, well, I talked to Rick last week, and it was like 40, 50 minutes. We couldn't get off the phone. But uh, so you can, you can make a lure just by moving a pull point on the front of it. You can make it wide. You can make it tight. You can make it dive deeper. And, and believe it or not, if you if you know what you're doing, you can actually look at one and say that will not work. That pull points are not yeah. going to allow that, that lure to work. And that's the most critical. You know, that was another thing about Cotton that I really enjoyed is that he would actually go to tool makers and he didn't leave it up to them to to build that mold from start to finish. He would actually sit with them and say, "Now wait a minute, no, wait, whoa, 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 you're going to have to move that pull point back," or he'd say. Okay, that weight cavity will not work right there. You're going to have to put like put another weight cavity behind the the front hook hanger and one in front of it. And any any toolmaker can go out and make the shape of a lure, but to get it to work and to put the insides in it, that's that's the most critical part. 
and you can move a pull point just millimeters, and that bait will not work, or it may just do something totally that you don't want it to do. For everybody out there, as a rule of thumb, the farther out on the nose you put a pull point, the the tighter it's going to be. The farther back you put your pull point, the wider it's going to be. That's just a general rule of thumb. You know, that uh, we're speaking it's with going to be a faster wiggle, and and wider means it's going to be a slower wiggle. Just for those that are listening that haven't been into the, the this part of the industry. Yeah, you know, a lot of people think that you only throw a wide bait in the in the winter time because they think it's uh, for some reason they think that you throw a wide bait in the winter time and a tight bait in the summertime. But it's really all about water displacement. And there's another subject that Rick would talk for hours about. I mean, your bill does two. Your your lip on a lure does two things. Number one, it makes it work the way you want it to and the depth that you want it to be. But the second thing is it, it determines the amount of water displacement that you have that a fish can feel down that lateral line. So your pull point is, is the most critical part of that bait. The internal weights are very critical, but if that pull point is messed up, you're out of luck. Right. Bobby, yeah. you know, you were also in the industry when there was a, it seemed to be a real transition from wood baits to plastic baits. And I know Mike and Cotton, they, they had a real love for wood baits and everything like that. But uh, in your opinion, could you just give us a, a, you know, a brief idea of the difference in the two materials when it comes to a hard lure? John, you're familiar with the name Lee Sisson, aren't you? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Lee Sisson worked for Jim Bagley forever. And, you know, right. Jim was 100% pure balsa lures. And Lee and I have this on. I wish he was on here now. We This would be an hour fight. But I've always told him, Lee, I can take a plastic lure and I can make it anything that a wooden lure will do. But you cannot take a wooden lure and make it do what a plastic lure does. Yeah. Simply because the versatility you have in plastic and wood, you're very limited in what you can do with that bait simply because um, – you have to allow for the hook hangers not pulling out of that bait. So you have a tremendous amount of glue and resin in there. You also, in a balsa bait, you have a tremendous amount of weighting because it's so light. And then lastly, in a balsa bait, if you were to take the outside paint coating and the top coat, you would almost have a lure unto itself because it's so light, and if you crack it, it's going to soak up water. So you're really limited, and, and leave. Lee Sisson was the first guy that ever came up with a 10 to 12 foot diving bait. And if you remember the, one of the ways he did that is he put lead in the lip itself, because right. if you put so much weight or lead inside of a balsa body, you wound up with 80% resin, plastic hook hangers, and about 20% wood. So um, I always just tell people that wood baits are very limited in what you can actually do with them versus a plastic lure because in a plastic lure I can make it you know I can take the same lure and make it go five or six feet deeper or you can make it float or you can make it wide or you can make it tight um, and in a wood bait once you've set that lure the way it to, to work right that's the way it's going to be you can't change it you know the innovation uh, coming from the wood to plastic I mean that was a transition 
across the board for the guys that have been fishing forever. When when you had whether it was like a Rapala with a wood bait that was that would the problem was just like you're saying you'd you'd get water in and the the hooks would pull out after a while or they would, it would split the wood and then you had you know trying to make the plastic bait to work as good as the wood bait did that was a transition took a few years too to to figure out how to do that so the hooks wouldn't pull out and you get the same actions and you get the reactions from the fish i mean again somebody said the first square bill was a rapala you know fat wrap and it was pretty close but not quite but there's been a lot of transition over the years when it came became from bagley's and in in that balsa bee and and those baits were and even the czar spook you know when it was a wood bait you know you'd have to how many casks and how many fish before you're going to have the the hooks pull out on you mm-hmm. well you, do you know what changed lures more than anything that's ever changed them and and I and I say this all the time. People look at me because they don't, because now it's been so long ago that people have forgotten this or were too young to even know this happened. What changed fishing lures was the high speed reel, because when you had a one to one or a two to one reel, you were never going to make a crankbait. You know, the, your, the lures that we have now would not work with a one to one or a two to one retrieve lure. They're just too slow. And so when people came out with spinning reels that were four and five to one, and then the, the ambassador 5,000, you know, that was 5.2 to one. When you, when you got those high speed reels, now you can make lures that would dive deeper. They would, they would be retrieved faster. The actions were better because now think about this a minute. Think about throwing a square bill on a one to one reel. What would it look like? It would hardly work at all. And, <laughs> and what really changed the lure industry was the high-speed reel because once you had that, that opened up uh, an entire new world of what you could do with lures. All right. Hey, Bobby, we got to take a break right now so we can pay a couple of bills. Can I ask you to stay with us a little bit longer after the break? Sure. Yeah, hey, we're speaking okay. with Bobby Dennis. And if you've been listening... We're talking about yeah, the history of a lot of the lures that you've thrown over the past 40 years. But there's a lot more to talk about, and we're quickly running out of time. So let's take a commercial break, and we'll be back with Bobby Dennis after these messages. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that'll help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. See you there. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensandCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419, or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Runreal Radio is brought to you by BajaBound.com Insurance Services. Are you driving to Mexico? You can buy and print out your Mexican auto insurance policy online in the convenience of your own home or office in minutes. Now with BajaBound.com's easy-to-use website. After printing your auto insurance, check out the BajaBound.com site. There, too, you will find great travel tips and information to help you get the most out of your next road trip south of the border. So this is an important fact to remember. Use BajaBound.com. It's the easiest way to find and get Mexican auto insurance. Stand band member Wendy Toshihara and myself, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. Our special guest this hour is Bobby Dennis. We're talking a little bit about the history of hard baits and how they came about on the market. And Bobby, thank you for taking some of your Sunday night to be with us. I'm enjoying it. Oh, John, I man. Enjoy with I don't know about, uh, I don't know about you, Stan and Wendy, but I'm nerding out on this because this is right up my alley. This is, uh, you know, stuff that I, I dig, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to push this thing forward, but God, there's so many things to talk about in the era that we're in. And, and, and Bobby, one of the things is I was under the impression that Cotton Cordell was one of the first lure makers to come out with a rattling lure, but it happened quite by accident. Are you familiar with that story? (laughs) Yeah. In fact, in fact, um, Ferris brothers is still one of the major distributors in the industry. 
And Sam Ferris and his brother founded Ferris Brothers. Bart Ferris runs it now. They're in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. But uh, Cotton was making the hotspot. And the funny thing about that was before he made the hotspot, he was making the sonic and the sonar for head. And so he, he kind of changed that up, came out with a hotspot, and he tried to sell that the hotspot to Hedden, and they told him, no, we can't do that. It'll kill our two vibrating baits, and sure enough, it did. But um, originally, that flat weight in the head of a, of a hotspot, now they had to change the name to Spot, believe it or not, because there was a company, I think it was Lord Jensen, had the hot shot. Is that who had that? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think yeah, so. Anyway. They yes. they thought the hot shot was too close to the hot spot, so Cotton changed the name to just the spot. But anyway, he gets a call from Sam Ferris one day, and Sam said, Cotton, I'm sending you about 20 dozen hot spots back. And Cotton said, why are you doing that? And he goes, they don't rattle. And Cotton said, I didn't know they were supposed to. That weight was, <laughs> was only up there to make the lure work right. He had no idea that people were, if it didn't rattle, they didn't want them. But so after that, you would hear girls in the glue room whacking these things on the table to loosen that weight that it got. Some, the glue would stick up that, the, that weight sometimes. Well, that bait was so thin that it really didn't hurt it. If you had a weight glued in a crankbait, it would screw it up entirely. But So you'd hear this whack, 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 and these girls would be gluing these hot spots and whacking them on the table before they hooked them to make sure the, the weight was loose. Yeah. Bobby, I, I want to go on because of the fact I, I want to try and get this transition going. You, you know, you worked for, uh, you know, Pratco, and then you went to work for Bill Norman. And this was the time when Bill Norman was actually there running the company. And you came aboard for sales, and he sent you out to your first sales call, and you you ran into um, a little bit of a barrier at that time. You, you know the story I'm talking about? Yeah, it wasn't really a barrier. It was more of a, a blind side. Um, so <laughs> I had I had left Bradco to move back to Hot Springs, and um, you know I'd been there nine years. And Bill Wilson was the general manager, who's without a doubt the smartest human I've ever known in this industry, as far as making a company work right and a lure company, especially. But anyway, I'd gone as far as I could go there, and and. Jim Howe had left Pradco and gone to Norman, and now, so Jim called me one day, and he said, would you be interested in handling Bass Pro Walmart and our export? And I said, okay. So I called the Walmart buyer, and his name was Tom Middleton at the time, and uh, I said, Tom, I'd like to come see you next week. And he goes, what are we going to talk about? And I said, Norman. He goes, great. And I thought, wow, okay. This, I never didn't expect that response, but anyway. So I go out, get up there, and I walk in the room, and he says, uh, "Did you bring a check with you?" And I said, "Excuse me." He said, "Did you bring me a check?" And I said, "Why would I bring you a check?" He said, "Bill Norman owes me one hundred fifty thousand dollars." I'm, uh, 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 excuse me. He says, "Yeah." He goes, um, "He wrote us a letter to Sam Walton telling him we weren't treating him right." So we said, "Okay, Bill, you tell us what you want to put in. We'll put in anything you want, but in six months, if it's still there, we're going to send it back." So he had $150,000 worth of lures sitting on his floor that he owed Walmart the money for that I knew nothing about. So I told Tom, I said, give me a minute. This would be four cell phones. And uh, this is about 1990, I guess. And I walked down the hall, called the factory, and I said, anything y'all want to tell me about this? Oh, I guess they told you. Yeah, they told me. I'm glad I found it out, you know, when I got here. 
So anyway, Bill said, well, the problem is, he goes, I don't, I don't have the money to buy that back. And he goes, you know, if my bank finds out that I did this deal, he goes, they're going to they're lock me up. And I was like, oh, great. So I thought about it a minute, and I walked back in there, and Tom says, what are we going to do? And I said, I need you to write me an order for $300,000. And he looked at me like, and I had 14 heads, and, and he said, why would we do that? And I said, well, first off, if Bill were to even attempt to write you a check, it, it ain't going to work. The bank's going to lock him up. Your lawyer's going to be sitting on that floor. You're not going to get your money or the lawyer's back. But yeah. if you will let me sell you those back at just at cost, and then let me produce another 150 to keep the factory going, and I'll just do them maybe 10% over cost just to pay payroll and, and salaries, and you can blow all these out at a buck ninety-seven. And actually, Tom was the one that came up with the price point. He goes, if we did that, he says, I could sell those at $1.97. I said, yeah. So we actually did that. And the funny thing was that he called me about a week later, and he says, if I ever find out you made a nickel on this, you will never come back in here. And I said, no, I'm just trying to get everybody out of a problem. And they sold so well, he actually wanted to do it again. And I couldn't, I couldn't come up with you know, that price point again. But, um, yeah, that was pretty interesting. That was – and – you know, it kind of it, it kind of dispels a lot of, of rumors and things that you hear about Walmart too, because I tell a lot of people that's the easiest account there is once you you're set up. It's not like they you know beat you over the head all the time, especially if you're a small lure company. Right. You know, also when the, your time over at Norman too, you were involved in the design of a, a certain area of lures for them where they had a gap and you recognize that tell us a little bit about that story too well that was actually rick um called me one day and he said you have a hole in the line between the deep baby end and the deep little end he said there's you're missing about a the deep baby end would run like four to six and the deep little end ran from about oh eight to twelve thirteen oh, yeah. so there's like a hole in there and so we came up with the middle end and I actually took a um, a body off of another lure and put a, just a shorter lip but wider than the deep little end. But I could not get that thing to work straight. I could I, The body was beautiful. Everything was good on it. But I was having the, the worst time. And Al Fisher come in one Monday morning. And he goes, I got that bait to work right. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And so I had actually put the body together, designed the colors, and couldn't get it to work. And Al, over a weekend, figured it out. And and actually, I think we put a little dimple in the lip and, and moved the pull point, or he did something to it. And Al's the one that actually got that to work right. Wow. But there again, that was that came you, from Rick telling me, we need this. And that happens a lot where pros will say, unfortunately, a lot of times what they say is, we need this, but it's something some, another company makes, and they're telling you, we need to make one like theirs, which you know, that's not really designing. That's like, you know, I don't want to throw their lure kind of thing. You know, the, back when, the, the, like the big O lures and whatever else, they had a solid, solid plastic, but they were all solid one color. Did, did Norman come up with the first clear plastic bill for that crankbait like that? I mean, there were jerkbaits like Rapala, whatever else that came out with that smaller one, but... 
on the deeper diving. Who was the first one to come out with a clear bill? Um, I think I think maybe Bill was, although again Rapala and Bagley those those lips that had to be inserted. So you yes. could you could take a solid body and insert a clear lip. The problem was when you went to a plastic, it was one or the other. You couldn't you couldn't have the entire lure was going to be clear or the entire lure was going to be opaque or solid. You you had no choice there. And what really scared people about a, a deeper lip on a plastic lure was you had to mask it if you wanted the lip to stay clear. Yeah, and so your masking in a lot of cases cost as much as gluing did, or even more, because masking is very expensive to do. So, actually, it, a lot of it had to do with, with, you know, the, the the plastic in that case being so much different than than wood that um, you either had to have one or the other. Now, for a long time, um, and this this really gets technical, but you may want to hear this. So. Oh, for a long time, you could not um, chrome plate the plastic that was clear. It was called it was called butyrate. In fact, it's to me, it's still the best. It is the best plastic to make a deep diving lure out of, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But you had to have a sacolac plastic to do a chrome bait, and then you had to have a butyrate plastic to do a clear bait. So when you did that, then all of a sudden you had to have two different kinds of plastic as well. So it, inc- it increased your your inventory cost. But um, butyrate is softer than pretty much any other plastic that lures are made out of. It has a totally different sound. It's easier to glue, and you can do it in, in, in clear if you want to. So um, you had two different kinds does of plastic. Does that affect, for two just different out of curiosity, of does that affect the action of the bait between the, the softer and harder plastic? Yeah, and a lot of people... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get in trouble sometimes for for saying things, but I don't care. I'm too old to care. So anyway, how many times do does everybody hear well, that bait doesn't work like it used to? That's not the same as it used to be. Well, the reason is they decide, okay, I don't want two kinds of plastic. I'm going to use one kind, and I'm going to sonic weld this lure instead of glue it. Well, when you sonic weld a lure, you cannot use butyr because it's too soft. So now they've changed the plastic to be harder. In a lot of cases, a sonic welded lure has to be a polycarbonate, which is pretty much lexan, which is extremely hard. It's extremely noisy. And and you've changed that lure entirely. You have to weight it differently. You, you glue it differently. Everything about that lure different. has changed, and they don't tell anybody this. And that's especially true when the production went out of the country. Because they don't like to glue overseas, they want to sonic weld everything. So they don't. Their workers don't like the smell of it. At butyrate, it stinks to high heaven. You put a box of butyrate bodies in your car, and you'll, it's, it's, you can tell it almost immediately. Uh, it, it doesn't smell very good. But um, so a lot, of, a lot of times, these lures get changed, and they don't tell anybody that changes. They just do it. Well, that right. that would explain a lot right there, right? Because there there have been a ton over the years of changes in plastic baits that's for sure and it's when you go to deeper oh divers gosh, from yeah. the shallow divers uh, that the, and they changed up what the bait was working really well and then it quit working and nobody knew why um, that would explain it but there's been change throughout the industry with lures and the way they you know work 
especially when you start talking about the little divot in the in the bill, you know, and moving the the, the point up or down or back or forward, mm-hmm. whatever it is. That's you know something that people never ever take into consideration, and, and the tightness of the wobble being further forward. That's all learning curve here for all the listeners. I'm pretty sure. Well, and that that brings up another point about about cosmetics because originally the people overseas could could take a lure and they could make it look exactly like what we had here, but they couldn't make it work right. Well, they figured that part out. But cosmetically, you you know, uh, most people cannot look at a lure and say, okay, they move that pull point until they just really, really study the thing. What they do know is it doesn't work like it used to, but they don't know why. And so when a lure is looks the same color and the pull point is in the same place and it weighs the same pretty close, but it's a different plastic, totally different bait, totally different. Yeah, you know, lures are kind of like uh, irons. Uh, we can uh, you, you can buy 10 irons and only find three or four that actually work the same. But uh, I've got to tell you, Bobby, with the Norman lures in particular – you guys were known that each and every one of those that came out of the box worked the way they were supposed to work. I, I don't know how you did it, but uh, it well, was remarkable. I would like to take credit for that, but I can't. Bill had a an exqu- he just had a, a really good set of molds, and and they he had a the complete line other than the middle end. Think about this. So he had a tiny end, deep tiny end, baby end, deep baby end, little end, deep little end, DD-22. The only bait missing there was the middle end. But as far as top to bottom, and I did a show with Charlie Ingram one time. We laid all those out on the, on the deck of a boat. And he said, you know, and this is another misconception. People think depths of lures are only about the depth that they're running. That's not true. For instance... You can take a DD-22, and a lot of guys do this in Texas, and this is a bait that'll go 20 feet, 18, 20 feet deep. They'll fish that thing in seven feet of water because they want it to dig up the bottom and attract a fish. But now here's the other part of that. Let's say that you throw a, a, a bait that dives 20 feet on a long cast. How long do you think that lure is actually at that depth? It's in an arc. You're pulling it down, and then you're pulling it up as you're pulling it back to the boat. So it's a, it's in an arc. So the actual time that it's at that depth is minimal. So if you've got a DD-22 and you're wanting to fish 10 feet deep, you could keep that bait in a 10-foot range a lot longer than a 10-foot diving lure that's hitting its maximum and starting back up. Bobby, we're sense? almost running out of time over here, and I haven't even gotten to – a lot of the questions I have, but I, I do want to ask you, you're not retired. What, what are you doing today? Well, we, we sold lucky strike last, or lucky strike last November. And John Hendricks called me, uh, about December. And he said, I want to do this one more time. And I agreed to do it. And, and we created a brand a new name called headhunter. And the only reason I did it, and I'm going to get in trouble for this also, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I don't understand how, these, how people think 
that a high school and college kid can pay 20 and $30 for a fishing lure. I don't get it. I don't understand why we're promoting that part of the industry, which we need to do. But who in the world thinks they can spend a, a high school or college kid can have a $90,000 boat and pay $15, $20, 30 for a fishing lure? So uh, we wanted to come out with a line that every single lure would be as good as you could possibly get it, and none of them would ever cost $10. That's my whole premise. I took uh, two guys in, in uh, Missouri around Table Rock that painted the colors. They look like custom colors, and we're, we've been able to reproduce those. And so that's what I wanted to do, and um, just got them in most of the major distributors, Tackle Warehouse, uh, Land Big Fish online retailers, and um, I, you know, I, I, and then this just goes back to Cotton because he was very, very price sensitive his entire career, and I am too. Uh, I just, um, I just don't understand. And I, let me say this before we get off here. The gap between the guy that fishes five or six times a year and the tournament fisherman has never been wider than it is today. Yes, never. It has. You know, that was back, this is probably in the late 70s, somewhere that I was back talking to, to Cottonway. I was back in Arkansas with my dad and my uncle and talking to Cotton Cordell, and a guy named Bill Harkin came up, and it was at a fishing show someplace there. And he handed me uh, a new bait called the Buzz Bait, a lunker lure. And I, and I said, well, what do you do with this? And he goes, well, you, uh, I go, where do you throw it? And he goes, you throw it anywhere you throw a crankbait. And, and he pulls it out of the package. He goes, by the way, this is the way I fish it. Uh, and he started bending the thing up. He goes, we did this for packaging. So there's always a new tweak <laughs> in everything that's out there. It's just fun to learn all of the different stuff. Bobby, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time here, but can I please extend an invitation for you to come on back? Because there's a whole lot of memories and a whole lot of stories that were left unsaid tonight, and I'd certainly like to expose some of them before you write your book. <laughs> well, we'll do one show that's nothing but stories. How about that? That'll work. Oh, that's good. All although, right. Although, Bobby uh, Dennis. People keep telling me there's only so much of many of them I can tell. There's a lot of them I can't tell, but that's all right. Especially if people <laughs> knew Don Lee and Bill Kay and some of those guys, Harvey Naslin. I did. I didn't. I didn't ask you how the Czar Spook got named. That's for sure. <laughs> Let's don't go there. Hey, but one last, one last funny story. Caught <laughs> a line of saltwater lures one time. One of them was called the Sea Hag, and one of them was called. But anyway. We named them after some women in the factory, believe it or not. <laughs> We're going to have to leave it at that. Thanks a lot for being with us. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. On behalf of Otto and their AM540 studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer, and always a memory of Big Two to Bell. Good night, everyone. We'll see you next Sunday night. Of just a wishing. Bop, boop, baby, bop, boop, baby, boop, baby.